The Week in Doubt, episode 294. Hey everyone, I'm Phil Albertelli, the host of The Week in Doubt, a podcast for atheists, agnostics, and of course, whoever. Before we start, I'd like to thank Tiffany Howard for liking The Week in Doubt Facebook page. Thank you, Tiffany. Greatly appreciated. Okay, so this is probably going to be the strangest, and I apologize, Tiffany, that this is following your shout-out. Most uncomfortable correction I've ever had to make in the history of the show. So last week I was talking about Ezekiel 23.20, the racy Bible passage that refers to equine anatomy, shall we say. And I thought I'd try to be funny and irreverent, so I made a passing reference to an old viral video featuring a guy and a horse that later ended up being the focus of a documentary. I've heard people mention it, and I thought they were saying Mr. Hands, as in the German guy's name. And I thought the more proper pronunciation might be Hans, uh, you know me, and uh, pronunciations. And I didn't realize until I was searching for a, a poster art image for the YouTube version of the episode that it's actually Mr. Hands, as in the extremities at the end of your arms. Oh well, if there was ever a subject I've been proud to know so little about, uh, that's probably it. So it's Mr. Hands that you don't want to Google. Either way, it could still scar you for life. But uh, before we leave this awkward subject, you know, I'd been trying to be fair and I was making the point that taken in context, Ezekiel 2320 is actually part of an allegory where two sisters represent the cities of Samaria and Jerusalem. But I was listening back to the episode on the way to work, quality control and all that, and I was thinking... Wait, still, even within the context of the story, they're still invoking imagery of big gushing animal penises? Why the hell is this in the Bible? Anyway, let's close the door very slowly and carefully and walk away from this subject forever. Okay, less than two minutes in and this episode is already deserving of an explicit label. But anyway, all right. So I was going to make this one of those special off-topic episodes, but I figured why not cover the subject in question on the main show. It involves Jordan Peterson. Most of you listening are probably already familiar with him. Controversial Canadian psychology professor rose to internet fame a couple of years back or so for speaking out against so-called SJWs, sexy justice warriors. <laughs> Actually, social justice warriors. I may have uh, inadvertently stolen that from a creationist cat. Anyway, and I voiced my thoughts on Peterson ad nauseum when everyone was hoisting him up on their shoulders for his anti-SJW proclamations. I couldn't have cared less. YouTube was already so saturated with anti-SJW content that I was like, oh great, here comes another one. It wasn't until I started watching Peterson's lectures that I started viewing him favorably. I've long been fascinated by mythology, psychology, philosophy, and those are the type of things he touches on in his lectures. He started to lose me again with his wishy-washy take on religion, his anti-atheist attitude, and some of the eyebrow-raising things he said in certain interviews. I think I did a whole episode, I can't remember if it was bonus content or not, on his comments on women in the workplace, etc., that I think uh, took place during that controversial Vice interview. 
And what I'm going to talk about now, well, the comments aren't new. They were made during an interview with the New York Times' uh, Nellie Bowles back in May. At the time, I had heard Peterson had made comments regarding quote-unquote enforced monogamy, a phrase that I found off-putting to say the least. I didn't want to jump to conclusions and want to wait until I had a chance to read the article before responding. And this article touches on something else I haven't mentioned on the show yet. Yet another phrase, or in this case abbreviation, that I find kind of creepy and off-putting, and that's uh, quote-unquote incel, or incels, plural, short for involuntarily celibate. And in full disclosure, I'm not sure how accurate this is, uh, but here's how the article describes them. It says, Recently, a young man named Alec Manasian drove through Toronto trying to kill people with his van. Ten were killed, and he has been charged with first-degree murder for their deaths, and with attempted murder for 16 people who were injured. Mr. Manasian declared himself to be part of a misogynist group whose members call themselves incels. The term is short for involuntary celibates. Though the group has evolved into a male supremacist movement made up of people, some celibates, some not, who believe that women should be treated as sexual objects with few rights, some of them believe in forced quote-unquote sexual redistribution, in which a governing body would intervene in women's lives to force them into sexual relationships. Okay, so if this description is accurate, there's obviously a lot there to be disturbed by. Male supremacist movement, treating women as sex objects with few rights, for sexual relationships, etc. Wow. Uh, and I'll get to Jordan Peterson's comment in a moment, but I just wanted to pause to say that when I hear someone say enforce monogamy, this is the type of crap that comes to mind. Force relationships, invasion into other people's personal lives, etc. This is real creepy handmaid's tale type of crap. Brings arranged marriages to mind. Uh, what's next? Should we go back to dowries? Uh, don't answer that. I'm sure there's people on the other side of the argument who would say yes. But there really is something about the term incel that makes my skin crawl or creeps me out. Why would you choose to willingly define yourself by adopting a label that refers to your supposed lack of a sex life? And I get it in a sense. We're all sexual creatures. We're hardwired to want to couple up and reproduce. Everyone has a desire for physical intimacy and to feel close to someone. No one wants to feel rejected or unwanted. I totally get it. But how about instead of trying to strip the rights away from half of the population or force people into sexual relationships, which is essentially rape, how about instead you clean up your own act? I know everyone can go through a kind of sexual drought here and there, shall we say, but I think the majority of the time they're at least partly self-imposed. I think if someone really wants to have sex or get laid, however you want to phrase it, uh, they can if they actually really try and put some effort into it. I think whatever you look like, whatever your issue is, there's probably someone out there willing to sleep with you. There's guys out there who maybe ain't exactly good-looking, who have girlfriends. There's guys who are overweight, maybe even morbidly obese, who have girlfriends. I remember this one story that I saw in the news not long ago about this guy. I forget if he was a fireman or if he had been involved in some kind of accident or attack overseas while serving in the military. 
but the guy was severely burnt. Not to get too graphic, um, but one of those deals where we're talking about missing ears, fingers, severe burn, scarring all over. And I think he ended up marrying his nurse or physical therapist, something like that. My point is, although I'm a skeptic, uh, atheist, whatever, don't really believe in fate, I still think that in a sense it's true that there's pretty much someone out there for everyone uh, if you care to put the work into finding them. And I hesitate to say that people should change themselves for others because I don't think you should ever change the good things about yourself, the positive things that make you you, your likes and interests, charming quirks or whatever. But I don't think there's anything wrong with changing the quote-unquote bad things. Maybe you have a negative attitude, a chip on your shoulder. Maybe you harbor some nasty opinions like women should be stripped of their rights. Maybe you practice bad personal hygiene or whatever, I don't know. But nothing wrong with changing those negative things, I think. And if you make an effort to be a nicer, less bitter person and you work on yourself a bit and plug away at trying to find someone, eventually you probably will. And if for the sake of argument you really are some lost cause, hell, if all you want is to be able to say you got laid, book a trip to the bunny ranch or something, jeez. Uh, but here's the part of the article where Peterson comments on the subject. Violent attacks are what happens when men do not have partners, Mr. Peterson says, and society needs to work to make sure those men are married. He was angry at God because women were rejecting him, Mr. Peterson says of the Toronto killer. The cure for that is enforced monogamy. That's actually why monogamy emerges. Mr. Peterson does not pause when he says this. Enforced monogamy is, to him, simply a rational solution. Otherwise, women will all only go for the most high-status men, he explains. And that couldn't make either gender happy in the end. Quote-unquote, half men fail, he says, meaning that they don't procreate. And no one cares about the men who fail. I laugh because it's absurd. You're laughing about them, he says, giving me a disappointed look. That's because you're female. But aside from interventions that would redistribute sex, Mr. Peterson is staunchly against what he calls, quote-unquote, equality of outcomes, or efforts to equalize society. He usually calls them pathological or evil. And I think Joe Rogan, who really tends to get along well with Peterson and has had him on his show repeatedly, kind of called him out on that, pointing out that forced monogamy would be a kind of example of the equality of outcome which Peterson himself always rails against. And I think it's true that relationships can have a, a kind of stabilizing effect on people if they're healthy relationships, of course. I've seen people crack under the stress of bad relationships. And as archaic as it might sound, I do think that Peterson may have a point that men in particular may especially benefit from a kind of civilizing effect from being in a stable relationship or marriage. But I don't think that's necessarily a guaranteed or ironclad preventative. There have been shooters, terrorists, uh, even serial killers who've had wives and families. But all that being said, uh, people need and deserve autonomy. I think one of the most basic and important freedoms we have is the freedom to choose who we want to spend our lives with or who we want to love or sleep with. There'll always be some people who are better with the opposite sex than others, but tough. Life's not always fair, as Peterson himself often likes to point out. But regardless, whether or not some people do better, that doesn't mean you can't still find someone if you really apply yourself. 
And I think Rogan may have asked Peterson, and I'm paraphrasing here, what does enforced monogamy look like? And I don't think Peterson was able to give a clear or definite answer. And in a sense, I think that's kind of par for the course for Peterson, or, you know, kind of his modus operandi. And in fairness, I do like some of the stuff Peterson has to say to young people about getting their lives together. But in this case, how about instead of throwing a loony phrase like enforced monogamy around, you instead try to coach men on how to actually be better people, work through their negative baggage, get their shit in order, and actually make an effort to find someone. Uh, that sounds a whole lot saner and better for both sexes than trying to revise or overhaul the existing paradigm and returning to the dark ages of sexual inequality and arranged or enforced marriage, if that, in fairness, is what he is indeed suggesting. Once again, Pearson can be quite slippery, and I still haven't completely sussed out what enforced monogamy means or looks like to him. And whatever those words do mean to him, I think it's a pretty irresponsible phrase to throw around. The least you can do is be pretty damn clear about what you mean by it. Best case scenario, maybe he's trying to say that society or culture should promote or encourage monogamy. Which would be a hell of a lot better than the worst case scenario literally forcing people into relationships or limiting how many partners they're allowed to have. But if that's what he was trying to say, that he was merely suggesting that society should promote or encourage monogamy, then the use of the word enforced really wouldn't make sense, would it? Anyway, this has been yet another attempted venture into the strange mind of Jordan Peterson. Uh, you guys know the drill. Please like the Facebook page, Twitter, YouTube. Maybe you're watching the YouTube version now. If you want to help the show out monetarily, you can go to patreon.com slash theweekendout and help the show out for as little as 99 cents a month. All right. Thanks, brothers and sisters. Until next time.